0: Good morning. Is it a good morning? Good morning. All right. Well, I'm so glad that you are here joining us again as we continue uh, this series called 23, uh, and we explore uh, Psalm 23. Uh, And uh, this morning, I'm so excited because we get uh, to this verse that is coined as uh, one of the Bible's most famous verse, uh, which is verse 4 of chapter 23, that says, uh, as I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you comfort me, your rod and your staff are with me. And so I'm excited to unpack that this morning for you. Uh, I just want to say thank you to those uh, that showed up yesterday to our one day. We had our one day training and celebration uh, where a lot of people signed up to, to attend. And then even more people actually showed up. Uh, and so we were so excited to share uh, with them and, and continue to share with you the vision that God has given us uh, here at Bethany West Seattle. Uh, and it was so exciting for me to share that. So so a couple of cool things happened to me over the weekend was, A, it was uh, that one day where I was able to share that vision that God has given to us as a community. Uh, and second, and, and I think this is when you know you, you've made it as a pastor, uh, is when you get invited to a birthday party. Uh, from your parishioners, from your friends, uh, and it was a, a Mario Kart-themed birthday party. Uh, and if I'm being really honest with you, it's a, it was actually called uh, Birio Kart, but uh, that's beside the point. Uh, and so all that to say, it was an exciting day. Uh, don't worry, half the people that were there are downstairs with their children, uh, but they are all safe and learning about Jesus. Uh, and so this morning, as we continue Uh, I just want to affirm what what Chelsea said. She said, uh, when you come and you worship, be be yourself. I know that we all come with different baggage, different experiences, maybe highs and and lows and tears and laughter. Whatever it is, bring it to the community. We need you to encourage and to spur each other on. Uh, I ask, though, during worship, you can raise your hand, you can sit down, you can lay down, you can doodle, whatever you want. Uh, Please don't lay down while I'm preaching, though. Uh, because uh, I might get the wrong impression. So uh, Psalm 23, again, I'll read it to you again. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And and so as we unpack this, uh, there's a few things that I want to highlight that we'll unpack as we go. And there's three things, and it's this. We'll, We'll talk about what it looks like to be in the darkest valley. Or in some translations, as many of us know it, in the shadow of death. So in the darkest valley, number one. Number two, you are with me. David understands, the writer of this psalm, that even when he is in the darkest valley, the darkest times, uh, the shadow of death, that God is with him. And then lastly, uh, not only is God with him, but in the midst of that, God comforts him. So in the darkest valley, God is with us, and God comforts us. Let's pray. God, thank you that we get to learn more about you and what you have to say, and that you love us so much, and you never let us go, and you always give us hope, and you always push us forward. So today, this morning, many of us, we need to hear, including myself, this message of hope this message of courage and bravery that only comes from you. So many of us, as we show up, we've either experienced or experienced seeing or will experience this time of darkness. And even in the midst of that, we know that you are in control. And it's in your name we pray, amen. <clears throat> a couple months ago, I was going through a pretty stressful time in life, not just with church, but, you know, just with relationship, with a bunch of things. I was under a tremendous amount of stress. Uh, and someone, actually several people from my gym, uh, my CrossFit gym that I uh, work out in and coach at, uh, suggested that I uh, try out this thing called Float, right? So uh, there's different companies of Float with float, life float or urban float. And this whole idea is that uh, you show up and, and you go into this, like, this room, you get your own room, you get a little mini pool, and it's filled with salt. And you go into the, the pool and you literally float. It's called, that's why it's called float. Uh, and uh, supposedly, when you're floating, this is supposed to be a time of Zen. Uh, and relaxation and where you can just leave all your carries behind uh, and just you can do whatever you want you can meditate you can pray you can just be still this is your time of solitude and so I thought, well, I'm under a lot of stress. Uh, there's a lot of overwhelming things that are going on in my life. I w- I'll take your offer, your suggestion, uh, and I'll go to this place called Float, Life Float. And so I went, and as I was going out, going in, uh, the staff member gave me some suggestion uh, as a first time. Uh, he said, uh, my first time, and I always tell this to other people, you, you, do, you turn off the music, because there's an option to turn on the music as you float, uh, and you can turn off the lights. And he says, I always recommend that uh, for first-timers because it just enhances the experience. And I said, okay, well, I'm here. It's my first time, so I'll do it. Uh, And so here I am. uh, I'm laying in the water, and I'm floating. I don't know if any of you guys have been to the Dead Sea in in Israel uh, it reminded me of that because there's so much salt. You just fall. And it was relaxing. Uh, I was actually reaping the benefits of just being by myself and just meditating and praying. Uh, but still, the music was going and the, and the lights were on. And so I remember the suggestion. And so I turned off the music, and it was silent. I'm okay with that. It was good. And then, because so what I didn't explain is when you lay down and you're floating, the the buttons are right next to you. So you can control it as you're floating. So I turn off the music. uh, Not a problem at all. And then I turn off the lights. So now it's dead silent and it's pitch black. I literally, no exaggeration, laying here and you would not be able to see your hand in front of you. Right in front of you. I couldn't see it. And I I don't know what happened. I started panicking. I started having this anxiety attack. Uh, And for whatever reason, I was actually hyperventilating. I couldn't breathe. And what made it worse is somewhere along the way, as I was floating in this mini pool, I must have drifted a little bit because I was reaching for the light and I couldn't find it. And it was during that time where I just felt so stressed out. And the irony was that there's this space that I'm supposed to feel so at peace and so comforted. It's the very place that I'm having an anxiety attack. I'm overwhelmed with fear. And after a few minutes of rustling around in the dark, you know, splashing around and salt water going in my eye. And it was just a crazy experience. I finally found the light switch. And I turned it on. And it wasn't bright. It was it was bright enough for me to see what was going on, and instantly, instantly, I was at peace. See, something happened when I knew that the light switch was next to me, and the rest of the, the time that I was in that float, it actually felt awesome, because I was laying down, I knew where the light was, As a matter of fact, I kind of had my hand on that button area the entire time. And so, in the midst of the darkness, when I turned the light back off, I was at peace. And what was uh, really giving me peace and comfort was knowing that anytime I wanted the light, it was with me. Right here. All I had to do was push that button. See, what we realize is when I was in that float, uh, nothing changed. Nothing changed. It was still pitch black. I couldn't see anything. So, externally, after I was done fussing around, externally, nothing has changed. It was still pitch black. I couldn't see. And yet, my soul was at peace and I was comforted and I was relaxing. Because, though, externally, nothing changed. Internally, everything changed. Because I knew where the light switch was. See, there's something about darkness that provokes fear. And we all understand that. And yet, even in that fear and darkness, there's this idea that when you are with somebody, that fear starts to dissipate just a little bit or even completely. I mean, think about it. Maybe you can see it in your kids when your kids run out in the street or go into a dark place. They're scared. But when you grab their hand, suddenly, things are okay. Okay. I don't have children, but I have a dog. I, I have a puppy, and I let the puppy out at night sometimes. And, and the dog, uh, her name is Sayla, uh, she is afraid to go outside until I step out with her. Then suddenly she feels brave. And there's, there was a time where uh, somebody asked me to accompany them on their very first date with somebody because he was so scared. It was super awkward. Uh, I was the awesome third wheel, and now they're married, so they should send me a thank you card. <laughs> There's people that go into appointments and doctor appointments uh, because they're afraid. And even though the news might not change, the fact that they're with somebody changes everything. I have a good friend who, whose friend was diagnosed with ALS. And with that diagnosis, she, the person that had diagnosed with ALS, had to go into this meeting, this orientation of how to live with ALS. And she was scared to death to go to that meeting. And she called her friend and said, will you go with me? Because that would make it feel so much better. Darkness provokes fear. Fear. The physical darkness, the proverbial darkness. And yet this whole idea, when somebody goes with you, the fear transforms to comfort and peace. And in Psalms 23, David understood this full well. Uh, He understood this idea of the darkest valley, what we'll talk talk about right now. David uses the metaphor of a dark valley... And as a shepherd himself, so David, all throughout Psalms 23, if you have missed it, there's sermons online, David talks about this metaphor of shepherd and sheep, that we are the sheep. If you're a follower of Christ, we are the sheep, and God is the shepherd. And David uses this analogy over and over and over again because he knows exactly what it's like. He himself was a shepherd. He himself took care of sheep. He understood the importance of a shepherd's role in order to keep the sheep alive. And also, David understood, and so he uses this word uh, in the shadow of death or the darkest of valleys, in the darkest valley. He uses that because he understands that it is at the nighttime when the sun goes down and it's dark when sheep are most vulnerable and when sheep uh, would be threatened to be killed when the wild beasts would come out to hunt. David understood that even that he himself, as a shepherd, that the evening time, when it got dark, was a scary time for the sheep. If the sheep were going to be killed or hurt, it was going to be in the dark. The darkness represented a scary place. And this is something many of us uh, could understand, right? There's something about darkness that, that scares us. Have you ever been into an empty church at night? I don't know if you have. I have. It's scary. Like, I'll come to church in the morning. I'll come to church with you guys, and it's fun. I love this place. Sometimes in the middle of the week, I have to come here to pick something up at, like, 9 p.m., 10 p.m. I'm here by myself. It is scary. It is not a place I want to be by myself. And so David in the, in the 23rd Psalm understood this idea of darkness provoking fear, uh, but he continues on, and it's more significant, it's even more significant than this idea of just being, a, just being scared. When I show up to church at night in the dark by myself, it's scary. But, but when David in verse 4, when he says, even though I walk through the darkest valley, he's speaking of something above and beyond that space of, of being scared. Not just during the dark times, he says, but in the most darkest of times, in the most deepest of valleys. Even in that time, David says, I will not fear the deepest of valleys. It's this Hebrew word called Moet. It's a conjunction. The first word Saul means shadow. Mowet means death. In the shadow of death, even in the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. I will not fear. I mean, think about the scariest time of your life. David is saying the scariest time of someone's life is probably right before death. Right before death. He says, even in the face of death, in fact, uh, contextually speaking, his life was on the line. Remember a few weeks ago we talked about David, he was, being, he was being hunted down by King Saul because of his jealousy of King David, of David. David's life was literally in jeopardy. And he said, "Even in the midst of that, in the darkest valleys, in the shadow of death, even, even when I'm close to death, I will not fear. This is the level of darkness that David. Is talking about. And here's the bad news for all of us. No matter who you are. No matter how good you have it. No matter what kind of choices you make. No matter what. No matter even if you call yourself a Christian or not. No one in this room, including myself, are exempt from experiencing Salmawet, The darkest of times. It may look different. It may feel different. It may be at different times. But many of you know, sitting in that pew, including myself, can identify a time and place when we have experienced or maybe experiencing the darkest, not just hard times, not just sad times, but the darkest of times, in the deepest of valleys. We've experienced this. Or we know, many people, who have experienced this. So David says, even though I walk, not if, not not this idea of question, it's certain. Even when I do walk in the darkest valleys, I will not fear. Have you ever been in a dark place? The answer is yes. you ever lost, maybe it was a loss of a loved one through death. Through brokenness in a relationship. Maybe you have a loss of, of a sense of, uh, of your future. Maybe a loss of a job. But it's not just a job, it's a loss of a dream. Maybe it's during a health crisis, right? Diagnosis. Even in the church, I know that we're, go- we're going through that as a community. Maybe it's addiction, depression, anxiety. Whatever it is, we, unfortunately, are not exempt from experiencing the darkest of times. And we know that because we've experienced it. And I love that David says, even during those times, and we, we can even compare ourselves, we can even think about our darkest of times, and we can say, David, how can you say that? How can you say, even in the shadow of death? that you will not fear evil. Well number 2, David says you are with me. David understands that even in the midst of this bad news, there's actually good news. And this good news outshines the bad news and brings peace and comfort even during these times of the darkest valley. He says he says how can I go through it? He says by this by an understanding and knowing and embracing that God is with me. There's this idea again. Uh, there, there's power in this idea of with or withness. I think I just made up that word. But there's this power of this idea of with. It reminds me of uh, this Old Testament story in Daniel chapter uh, 3 about these three brothers. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So if you're pregnant or if you have a son and you're looking for a new name, uh, you can choose one of those three, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And, and I love this story in Daniel because uh, these are followers of God and, and a uh a different god Nebuchadnezzar a Babylonian king goes up to the three brothers and says here's what I want you to do I'm in control I want you to abandon your faith your worship to God Yahweh and I want you to bow down to this idol and if and King Nebuchadnezzar says if you don't do that the punishment will be I will throw you into the fiery furnace so a lot of us, we, if you grew up in the Sunday school, uh, we've heard this story before. And, and adamantly, the three brothers, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, says to the king Nebuchadnezzar, we will not submit to you. We will only worship uh, Yahweh, our God. And, and so king Nebuchadnezzar uh, did exactly what he promised. He, it says in Daniel 3, you guys can read it later, that he made the furnace extra hot, and he turned it up, and he took guards with them. The guards, uh, their job was to throw these brothers into the furnace. And guess what? They did. And, and it was so hot, even the, uh, the guards were killed. And, and yet, out of you know, the sight of Nebuchadnezzar's eyes, he sees, even though he sent in three brothers, four in the furnace and four coming out, Unscathed, And so the point of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and the reason why I'm reminding of this is that, yes, we are not, or no, we're not exempt of the darkest of valleys. But the promise is that whatever dark valley that you go to, that God is with you. That God goes with you. See, Shadrach and Abednego, easily God could have said, all right, nope, Nebuchadnezzar, you're done. Like, this is not going to happen to my people. All God should have done was snap his finger and and boom. Nothing like that. But God didn't didn't do that. God allowed these three brothers to go into the fiery furnace. The biggest difference is that God went with them, experienced the fiery furnace with them. God goes with you. No matter where you go, the joyous of joys, the lowest of lows, God goes with you, and that changes everything. So God didn't remove the situation. God went with them. And, And I would argue that removing the situation, the circumstances, if God would have removed it from them, God would have robbed them from growth and transformation. See, removing it, removing the darkest valleys from you would rob you of your growth and your transformation. Going with you brings comfort and peace through the lessons. And I love how comforting these words are. God promises all throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament. Joshua 1.9, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Isaiah uh, uh, 41, do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. All over, even the New Testament, 1 John uh, 4, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. It seems that fear and love cannot coexist. Fear and love cannot coexist. Darkness cannot exist in the presence of of light. And though you may go into the darkest of places, Salmoet, into the shadow of death, whatever that means for you, in that darkness, know that God goes with you. To those that are hurting, God is with you. To those that are confused, God is with you. For those that are asking the question, why, God is with you. For those of you that are sick, angry, God is with you. So do not fear. David says, I will not fear evil, for you comfort me. Number three, you comfort me. And I love this part. He says, uh, here's why this is comforting. He says, I fear no evil. This idea of evil. It's not just this esoteric idea of, of demons or this atrocious sins, uh, but the word evil it comes from this Hebrew word ra or ra'ah. Uh, and, and I find this fascinating that this word ra'ah also means, well, actually technically means something that's inferior. So I know that when we talk about the word Evil, we think about all these atrocious sins and, and bad behavior and, uh, or something satanic or dumb. And, and all that is true. But the root word of evil, ra, ra, ah, means something that is inferior or less than. Inferior or less than. I will not fear anything in David's context. I will not fear anything that is inferior or, le- or less than my God. And what is inferior to God? What is less than God? Everything, anything, any person, anything, any situation, any circumstance, all of that, God is more powerful than. And because of that, we know that the power is with us in the darkest valley. Therefore, I am comforted knowing that no matter what life brings at us, no matter what kind of cards we're dealt, that God, the Almighty God, is more powerful and bigger than anything we can experience and be handed to us. I will not fear evil. I will not fear anything that is inferior to God. Regardless of how dark your valley is, no matter how late you think you are, no matter how deep the pit you're in, whatever that is, whatever that is, it is inferior to the power of God. In Hebrew, the Hebrew language, especially ancient Hebrew, is very interesting and fascinating. Uh, and uh, Hebrew writers uh, do, all the, do a lot of um, analogies, a lot of even puns, a lot of idioms. Uh, and here's what's interesting. That, so, so David always talks about the Egyptian uh, escape, the, Egypt, the Egyptian slavery. If you guys have seen Prince of Egypt, then you know the story of the exodus out of Egypt. Uh, and David uses that story to, uh, to the people, to encourage people, say, hey, remember the story of Egypt. Remember when we were once downcast, when we were slaves, when we were in bondage, that God rescued us from Egypt and brought us into the promised land. And, and so because of those stories, uh, people understood the Egyptian culture and, and the Egyptian world. And in the Egyptian world, there were several different type of gods. And the biggest and the most important god in the Egyptian world was the sun god, was a sun god. And in Hebrew, the name of the sun god was none other than ra, spelled exactly like the word evil, lesser than. So there's this like play in in word that David is using. And David is saying uh, in this context, in the people that he understood and knew, they he knew that everyone else knew that that Ra, the son of God, was considered mighty and powerful. And with that illustration, David is coming around, uh, kind of a backhanded you know, a uh, humble brag almost saying, hey, you think that the sun god Ra is great and big and powerful? Guess what? My god is more powerful than Ra. More powerful than the Egyptian sun god. More powerful than any, anything. Because everything is considered inferior to what God has to offer. You think the Egyptian god is powerful? God is powerful. You think your circumstances have, have chains around you? God can break them. You think you're in a pit that you can't get out? God can rescue you. You think you have anger and this ability to not forgive that it just has shackled you? God can relieve you. You think there's no hope for your children? God can rescue. You think there's no hope for your future? God gives you a future. Because God is powerful and more powerful than anything you can come up with. I love Romans 8. This is one of my favorite verses uh, in the entire scripture. It says, no, in all these things we are more than conquerors. Through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels or demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height or depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate us. Nothing is bigger than. Nothing is too hard for God to come alongside with you and rescue you from what you're enduring. The story's not finished. God gets to write the end of your story. And so my question is, so then what are you afraid of? God is with you. And I ask myself that in my times of fear. We all live in this culture and society of fear. And my question to myself is, Prince, what are you afraid of? God is with you. And I know that sounds kind of cliche, especially as Christians. Hey, whatever you're going through, don't worry. God is with you. That's not what I'm saying. Yes, what you endure, the darkness, the pain, the sorrow, that's all real. And even in the midst of that, God is with you. And brings you comfort. And what's most comforting about God being with us in the darkest of valley is that God is more powerful and bigger than any valley. Than any darkness. He says, uh, you comfort me for you are with me. Your rod and your staff. Your rod and your staff rod was like a club that the shepherd used to fend off wild beasts. The staff was something separate that would guide the sheep and go in going all the right directions and, and bring them back when they go to the wrong directions. That brought comfort to David, knowing that God is a shepherd that protects, that is bigger and stronger than any wild beasts that might come and attack any feeling, any emotion, any hurt, any pain. God is with you, with his rod, and, and his staff who guides you, gives you direction and hope. I love one, one of my favorite authors, uh, says, uh, Brene Brown's an author and uh, professor, psychologist, says, uh, only when we are brave enough to explore the darkness will we discover the infinite power of our light. Let me read that again. Only when we are brave enough to explore the darkness, we will discover the infinite power of our light. So go into the darkest valley with confidence that God is with you. And whatever you're experiencing will always, 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 always be inferior to the peace, the love, and the comfort, and the forgiveness that God offers. And this is what the Easter story is all about. It's about the resurrection of Jesus, coming back to life, having victory over sin, conquering death. And always having the last word. And as I invite the worship team back up, may we reflect on that just for a moment. What are you afraid of? Are you in the darkest valley right now? Are you overwhelmed with fear? Are you having anxiety? Are you feeling overwhelmed? Are you reaching for that light? Well, the light is there. And the light and the power and the love that God offers is something that no evil can overcome or be bigger than. So be comforted in that. that Jesus came down, gave his life, resurrected on the third day, that's Easter. And it's called us, His sheep, and He is our shepherd. And as we talked about before, uh, the shepherd would take the sheep into a pen. And and, uh, overnight, because the shepherd wanted to protect the sheep from the dark, because that's when the shepherd knew that the sheep were most vulnerable uh, to be killed, to be hunted, to be hurt. And so the shepherd would, would push the sheep into the pen to keep the sheep safe. But the pen didn't have a door. It wasn't like, an, like a house or it didn't have a door. It was just an opening. And so when it says that shepherd lays down his life for his sheep, it, he, was, he wasn't being metaphorical. Because he wanted to protect the sheep, he would lay down in the opening what we would call the door. He would put his own life there to make sure that the sheep doesn't go out because then they would be killed. And he would put his own life on the line so wild beasts wouldn't come in and kill the sheep. That is the kind of God that we worship, that we follow. Are you in the darkest valley? God has laid down his life for you, for me, to protect you, to comfort you, and to guide you. So, so I ask you again, what are you afraid of? What am I afraid of? We can probably answer those questions right now, and I want you to answer them. But also, no. That whatever the answer is, isn't the end of your sentence. You can write that down. You can think about it. You can put a period on it. You can do whatever you want. And then a new sentence. And even in that, God is with me. And that changes everything. I want to pray. And even this time of prayer as you can sing along. You can reflect on your fears. Maybe you're here and you're in the darkest of valleys. And you need God. I, I, I encourage you to cry out and say, God, I need you. Comfort me. Maybe you have to pray on behalf of somebody else. Do that. Let me pray. God, thank you so much for your life, your death, and your resurrection what that means to us. It means that it is finished. That the darkest of valleys does not have the last word, but your love, your compassion, and your peace does. So I pray for my brothers and sisters in here that are especially going through the darkest valley. Health, family, relational, career. That even in that valley, that you are with them and you comfort them because your power and your grace and your mercy are far bigger than any circumstances that we may ever have to endure. We thank you for that grace. We thank you for that mercy. It's in your name we pray.